in some ways I kind of miss like back when the company was really small and like you knew everyone <laughs> yeah. and like oh, the good old days I mean there were the people in, like the and I'll tell you what actually being split <laughs> yeah. up being split up from the art office as actually bad because there are artists even that I don't I don't even really know. Oh, right? really? I don't yeah. really know. Oh. This has um, been not, like, like, we haven't spoken in... Well, yeah, I know, right? It's ridiculous. Mm. And, and you know, it, 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 it pretty much pretty much all the artists that we hired after we got that office, I don't know nearly as well. And then oh, the wow. people in the last, like, six months, I just don't even really know at all. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's well, it used to be, it used to be I could name every single person in the company except for maybe a couple of support workers who worked on the night shift. Mm. And now, like, I, I actually think there might be people in the art office I don't know the name of. Oh, wow. Um, like, um, you know, so yeah, that's kind of a concern. Um, so that it'll be, it'll be good to get everyone back mm. in one room again or one sort of, you know, thing communicating again. That but then eventually, if we do keep growing... You, you just can't know uh, everyone. I well, mean, I mean, yeah, maybe you at least you know the names, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that'd be good. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I know Chris is much better. Like, Chris actually um, takes more time to get to know everyone better than I do because uh, I don't know. I, I just, do, you, <laughs> do, do you still take? Well, I guess you must not. But do you still take the new um, employees out? For so you know, we've actually been a bit lax on that, and we actually took some people out more recently again, and we want to do that more. Um, mm. But. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I want to take people out for dinner again and get all that's going. And um, I know Chris is keen to start um, going out for lunch with everyone. Um, uh, like he, when he went to GDC, there was someone who said in a talk that one thing you can do if you're the um, CEO of a company is just um, every day take someone different out for lunch. Oh, right. Um, as in the idea is just that, like, you know, you get to, like, to hear about people's problems mm-hmm. or whatever more, like, faster mm-hmm. than you would just hearing through the grapevine. So I know he's keen to maybe do something like that. But the problem is, like, um, Chris is just so busy it's very hard for him to get time um, out of his day to do that kind of thing and especially when it's really demand driven like right now um everything's so demand driven like we it's hard to even go out for dinner right like um just because something might go wrong and you have to be there and there's just constant you know especially right now with beta and all this yeah yeah it's it's pretty bad um right now for him (laughs) but i mean i know he's happy that he managed to get all of the um all all of the greener stuff off his plate by getting someone hiring someone some support yeah do that that's michael right um yeah that's michael so he um he, he's been handling all of the um greener stuff and chris has been saying he's doing a really good job um uh like it's funny like when you interact with an outside company um it seems like it wouldn't be any different from interacting with a person inside your company but it really is hmm. um because they just don't know the random information that just sort of somehow manages to sort of percolate out through the company yeah right and so you have to explain everything to them yeah um, on top of that like they have yeah. discussions that you're not hearing you're having yeah. discussions like about Absolutely. them that they're not hearing yeah, and absolutely. then you come you each have a result that you yeah. come to logically yeah. but from completely different logical paths yeah so, might be so Chris result. was spending a huge amount of time just telling them things that anyone in our company would know mm-hmm. um, that, and so, so now he's got someone effectively to just do that job um, so yeah that's been um, that's been really important um, and yeah I mean Chris getting stuff off his plate is just a big you know is, is important because he just has too much to do yeah um, and, and I'll tell you, I sort of managed to be more successful about that recently. Like, um, we've been getting less and less core implementation off my plate so that I can concentrate on things that, like, make the game better, like, in the long term. So the whole reason we're doing the whole desync fixing now is because I finally managed to get all the stuff that's just content off my plate, right? Mm-hmm. So no longer am I implementing, like, you know, just the random features thing. or the, you know, whatever. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of yep. thing I probably would have implemented in the past. Yep, absolutely. Um, that I'm not implementing now. And that is, and now I can say, okay, what's the big picture? What can I focus on? So basically, when we got after um, the uh, Forsaken Masters and then kind of after the PvP stuff that kind of got slipped in there, um, I was kind of like, okay, we, we have planned for me not to have anything to do. 
Um, and then and then when that happened, then I'm like, okay, now I can be like, what's the biggest problem we have right now? And let's actually focus on that. And that's how that's the um, that's why I was like, okay, well, let's actually just fix desync. That was kind Dude, of what I. We've got to start recording, yeah, we, man. We let's stop. Let's this again. No, no. Um, <laughs> this, is, this, this is all good. I reckon we just. Go. Yeah, we, let's we just roll into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, got, we, got we haven't even yeah. introduced. It wasn't. Well, you can just cut an intro right yeah, into. Yeah, so we want to do that now. Intro in. All right, yeah. all right. Let's, <laughs> we'll cut an intro in. Everyone, what episode number? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, welcome to episode 9 of Front Seat Gamer. I'm your host, Nick. I'm here with Severn hey. and Blake. What's up? And today we've got a guest, uh, Jonathan Rogers from Grindy Gear Games. Hey. You're the technical director, I believe? Yeah, that's, that's so, like, technical director is my title at the company, and I'm also the lead programmer on Path of Exile, because those are technically different things, wow, um, okay. funnily enough. Yeah. And you are one of, also, the co-founders, one of the yeah, three, yeah. three? Four, three, uh, well, yeah. So four, seven, four, four if you um, count Brian. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, me, me and Chris originally um, started the company, and um, I like sort of, and then we immediately got Eric on board, and then Brian um, was uh, also like, you know, he he was really keen basically to invest because he really believed in the idea. Right. So um, the four of us together were kind of the initial initial founders. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we got some questions from the forums. Right. And from Reddit. Yep. And possibly from other places. Cool. Well, um, first, I was just wondering, have you been playing any video games lately? Um, So I'll tell you, the, not that many, but I, what I did play was Ori in the Blind Forest, and that is an excellent game. It's a gorgeous looking game. I oh, yeah, it's it. really nice looking. But, but also just, um, like, there's... So I really love platformers that have um, really good, what's, what do you call it, like sort of dexterity sort of challenges, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Okay. And so, you know, you know the parts when, um, like, after you've just... I, you know, I forget what they're called like you know there's like the different tr- like uh sort of main quest line things where you like have to get like, there's like a water thing and like a, a, a like a like a you know an ice thing and like a you know they've got the different elements or whatever mm-hmm. and just after you do that you get like a new ability and then you have to like do this like big long run thing where you can't screw it up oh once. yeah yeah right. yeah like those sections there i really love stuff like that so there's like little um super meat boy section oh uh, yeah exactly of, yeah. exactly right that kind of thing i really love that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um did you so, like super meat boy uh, oh, I do like that game, but I'll tell you the game I like even more, and that's Rayman. Um, oh, recent Rayman Legends yeah. and Rayman Origins. Um, I just love those games for those sections where there's just like because you get this like flow state, right? Of oh. like going through the section, and um, it just feels really awesome when you pull it off. So Sonic the Hedgehog was very much about that. Yeah, it really. was um, a long time ago about <laughs> that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then they introduced uh, guns and swords. Well, and I, you know, I, I. I we, we we shouldn't talk about Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I don't think we should sully this, this, this podcast oh, with, with Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic. But yeah, yeah. Um, Sonic. Yeah. Um, well, that, yeah. I should. Who? Anyone else playing Ori at all? No, I haven't no. played it. Oh. I've only heard it. I've oh man, you have to play it. It's seriously, it's really, really good. Um, I think um, I think uh, concept artist George has uh, has it. And we were yeah. watching, I think we were watching him play or watching videos of it. I don't remember, but yeah, there was a day where we were all just like, "Man, this game is." Incredible. Oh, it's gorgeous! It's and I'll tell you what, the intro is like. I okay, I actually cried <laughs> during the intro. <laughs> wow. The intro is, is is so is really moving. Like Ooh. it's just really really good. And um, Did you compare it to The Last of Us? Um, it oh, it's, I would say it's well, 
Well, so, so for the like, fact on that level, g- given that it's only ten minutes long, this oh. intro, like like the amount of emotion they managed to pack in it was was pretty impressive. So, right. oh yeah, I was I was really um I was really impressed by that. And so that set a really good tone for the yeah, game. That's incredible. Um, and uh, wow. you know, it was just a, it was a, it was a, it was really really good. Yeah, well, um, now I've got to play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did, did, did you ever watch Up? Uh, you know, I didn't like that movie. Really? Get out. I, 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 because I, you're no I, longer I, welcome on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, I thought it's like this is like this. This is a Pixar movie. Why is it so sad? Like, it's just unre- unrelentingly sad <laughs> yeah. really the whole is. way through. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah. But it was also kind of happiness moments um, of happiness. There's a I funny th- dog. I, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, it is. But even even the villain is like misunderstood and like yeah. not like really evil. Mm. Um, and yeah. they just kind of randomly screw him for no reason, as far as I can tell. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, we really. <laughs> I, I I I I actually find myself not liking Up for that reason. Oh but, man, um, it's too yeah. emotional. Too yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite Pixar movie? This isn't one of the questions. Um, the forums. <laughs> oh, uh, probably Ratatouille. Ratatouille's really good. I really like that one. I mean, although Wally, um, wait. Yes, it's Wally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's pretty good as well. Um, but I think Ratatouille is probably my favorite. Monsters Inc. Ratatouille. Oh, well, mon- wait, wait, is that that isn't Pixar though? Is yeah, it? it was. No, it is. Oh, okay. Well, Monsters Inc. Like then. Monsters Inc. is the best. Monsters Inc. is a fantastic movie. I'm Finding Nemo. Get out. No. Oh man. Cars, man. What are you guys doing? What? Whoa, whoa. Uh, Cars okay. 2. Yeah, Cars 2. Well, c- can you find oh, a better man. piece of cinema than that, really? That's the question. <laughs> Paul uh, Blart, Mall Cop. Um, <laughs> There's a sequel to that coming. I know. My my brother, and this is totally side note, my brother has started a podcast called, I actually named the podcast yeah. for him. It's called the Pod Blart Mall Cast. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because it, it is dedicated to breaking down Paul Blart Mall Cop and Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 in gritty detail. Right. How um, how, how many episodes are they up to? Uh, I think he did one demo episode, and <laughs> it was apparently real bad. Hmm. All right. Um, wow. All right. I haven't so heard it, it yet. Matches the movie, then. Yeah. So, <laughs> true. True to the yeah. film. <laughs> right. Um. So I'm gonna have to give that a listen at some point. Um. All right. Let's on to the questions. How about that? Let's do it. Uh. First question comes from, uh, the forum. No, Reddit. Uh, from user Dunan. D U N A A N. Can you tell us a bit about the founding of GGG? How did this company get its start um well it's what's the what's the very first mentioning of creating a company so me and chris wanted to make a game for quite a while sure um chris is actually a bit older than me um and we met in high school mm-hmm. um and then he went to university and then i went to university quite a lot later um and basically like during university me and him were talking about making games a lot we had all sorts of crazy ideas mm-hmm. um but um, basically, we kind of came to some point where we said, look, once you've finished university, um, we should start a game company. Um, and so, yeah, we basically knew we wanted to do that. And we knew, um, and basically it was entirely because we were like, look, someone really needs to make um, a sequel to D2. <laughs> uh, it was kind of the initial. <laughs> it was kind of the when initial. was this? What was the year? Um, like, what was the date? What, what year? Yeah, um, what year? Oh, so, so we were founded in... Um, like 2006 was when um we were founded and it was at the end of the, the that year when i finished university okay so um yeah so i mean all through the 2006 we were saying like yeah let's let's, let's do this game. let's let's make yeah. a game and so at that point diablo for context diablo 3 was announced in 2009 yeah maybe i, I don't remember exactly it was it was a while later like maybe no 2010 um, Oh, I, I don't know, I don't know. but uh, anyway, like, I mean, basically we're just like, look, action RPGs, like, we, we, and, the, and the things that we were saying is, okay, the, these are the things that no action RPG was doing all together at the same time. So one of them was, um, 
you have to have a secure online economy. Mm-hmm. So um, things like Dungeon Siege and like Titan Quest and all those action RPGs, they just didn't have that, right? But no secure. I mean, they did have online play, right? But they didn't have secure online play. So that was kind of like you know, in order to make players value items, you have to have that, right? Um, the other one was you need to have random level generation, mm-hmm. and that's just because you need to have the um, you know, the long term like you know, if you play the same area over and over again, it just it like you know, I mean, obviously with the random level generation we have now, like you're still playing the same area in the sense that you'll see the same stuff, but you don't know exactly what to expect every time, right? Like, mm-hmm. it is always a bit different, so that's that's sure. important. And, and especially with those, like, Forsaken Master side areas. And oh, yeah, the yeah, there's all sorts of stuff now, and we're, we're yeah, only adding more. Now. Yeah, the yeah. more um, random side content. Yeah, and then the last thing was um, the item system, basically. Um, random items. Mm-hmm. So um, there weren't any games that were doing all three of those things together. And um, later on, we added more kind of pillars of design and so on. But that was the very first thing. The very initial thing was those three things. And we said to Eric, um, so Eric was someone that Chris met playing d2 mm-hmm. um and um chris knew that he was um uh, like he'd just done um an art like he finished an art school um i think an in, in industrial design i believe and um he basically said uh, to eric because he was the only artist that chris knew hey uh, <laughs> um where would we find like a lead artist for this game project and eric oh. was like i'll be right there like you know, he literally <laughs> flew to new zealand like a week later or something wow. um did um did chris have anything to sort of show him um, at that point? Well, no, we had nothing, right? We it was, was completely, just an idea. completely just, we're just like, we're, we just want to do this. And just like the concept of, you know, like as far as Eric was concerned, yes, this will work was what, mm-hmm. as far as he was concerned. Um, I have a question. Uh, why was it important that there be random items? Um, so basically that's what's addictive about um, the action RPG, sure. right? Like mm-hmm. this is the addictive thing, right? Is getting that item lust is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have random items, so I mean, so I could get like into the whole thing about why I think that um, games that don't have random items are bad. Like, so it's basically, I mean, it really comes down to the whole um, Skinner Box thing, where yep. basically um, random rewards, like if if you if if any monster you kill could drop the awesome item, um, then it means that you want to keep killing monsters, mm-hmm. right? Like if you know that oh, the next chance at a thing I have is hours away. Um, then you're, you have a decision, like, say, say you kill a boss, right, and you know yep. it's going to take, like, an hour to get to, to kill the boss again, mm-hmm. um, then what that means, before you could potentially get another good thing, it means that you know, okay, I've got now an opportunity to quit right now. Right. Um, whereas, if anything could be the thing that drops the awesome item, right. and anything could be, because any random item could be amazing. It also means um, there's a, there's 59 minutes of uninteresting gameplay to Well, you, yeah, I, I, suppo- I suppose so. I mean, and hopefully the gameplay itself is actually good as well, sure. right? But, but if, but if, yeah, you're, no, if but you're exactly, a right? yeah, exactly. person. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And so, basically, that, that, that is something that I, I, I believe is important. And, you know, there, there are, that, that concept of um, p- giving players a time to quit, I think, is important in a few areas. Like... The way our EXP system works, where um, we don't, I mean, we do technically have like a max level 100, but very yeah. few players get there, right? Mm-hmm. The whole concept of like, oh, the game begins at 60 or whatever that a lot of MMOs have, I really dislike that because when you get there, you have this moment where you could decide to disengage, right? Like you can make the decision, do I want to play the end game of this game or do I not want to? Right. right? Why give someone that exact moment, right? Like you don't want to give people a reason to quit. Um, so, you know, that's something that I think is important, um, if you want to make a game that's designed to engage players for a really long period of time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So, so Eric flies to New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. And then what happens? <laughs> um, well, then, um, we start work, right? Like, I remember I literally was like, okay, what's the first thing we need? And I wrote, like, our networking stuff, uh, like the, the you know, and then I was like, okay, well, we'll write a login screen. We literally just went from one onwards. And I, we mm-hmm. didn't really have like a really big long-term plan exactly, but we thought it would take about two and a half years mm. 
um, to make the game. Just that was, that and, and, and and in retrospect, that was a total accurate. just out of your ass estimate, yeah. right? Like you know, we were just like, um, yeah, whatever, two and a half years sounds about right. That's how long games take to make, right? That leads us um, to our next question from user Rykas. Yeah. Why did GGG design to make their own engine to start with? And what um, well, I'll tell you like? what. Uh, in 2006, late 2006, when um, when we started, what engines were there really? So I'll tell you what there was. There was Unreal Engine 3, yep. and that cost a million dollars or more. Um, there was uh, Gamebryo. So there was Gamebryo. <laughs> that wasn't really working nope. doing it for us. Wouldn't, um, well. there, were, there, there was um, the Ogre engine. Um, what was that? Used. You know, I think that maybe Torchlight might have based their initial stuff off that engine. I, I think I think I think Ogre is an open source engine, actually. Mm-hmm. Although, no, maybe not. I, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you know, you know, this is best not to quote me on because I just don't really know. Sure. But yeah. I, at the time, basically, there weren't good engines other than Unreal Engine three that you could license that were good would be good enough. Right. And even Unreal Engine three wouldn't really have been appropriate at that time. Sure. Um, like more recently, they've made strides towards the kind of games. Like, I mean, but back then, it was totally shooters or nothing else, right? right? And on top of so, that, yeah. it would have been really expensive, right? Um. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Millions. Of, I mean, we didn't have money, right? Like, like for that mm-hmm. back then. Um. Uh, so yeah, basically there just weren't the good options. Um, so we made our own, and that was something that I mean, yeah, there's always advantages and disadvantages to making your own engine. I mean, yeah. yeah, like you don't get the tools and stuff as 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 well. But then on the other hand, like people say, like a game doesn't really look like other games, and mm-hmm. you know that's kind of nice. So um, you know, and so and plus you know what, making an engine it's kind of fun, right? Like I'm making my own company, I get to make my sure. own engine, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's a fun thing, right? At some point, it's like why you why do you even start your own company if you can't? Right like do the things you want to do uh-huh. um so uh you know there's that but yeah honestly uh, e- even even i think at the time technically it was the correct choice even yeah. if it might not necessarily be now yeah um, i know yeah. we often draw a lot of criticism from our users about like the engine not being unreal for you yeah know, yeah and, and the i mean you know the matter is that wasn't a possibility yeah yeah and, and 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 some people think oh they can just change engines now that unreal engine free like we actually oh had someone God. say that <laughs> And it's like, you know what? You can't change engines halfway through, but you just, like, I mean, l- l- let me tell you about the last game that did that. It's called Doot Nukem Forever. <laughs> you know, uh, changing engines is how you make a game take much longer. Yep. Um, yeah. Make yeah. it skyrocket. And then yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely, rewrite absolutely. all of your code for everything forever. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, not just file, import, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know. Change the extension to UE3. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's, that would work. Um, yeah, so, you know. Um, Maybe in the future we consider using third-party engines, but so we we had a question um, several podcasts ago that we all answered. Uh, yeah. But you might actually have a different perspective on this. It's also from user Rycast, uh, which is what is a p- typical day like? What's your day-to-day breakdown? Uh, um, day at, at GGG, what's that like for you? So during the day, um, like I get quite a lot of random questions from random people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my day is just taken up by that. Like when you say just, random people, is it just Well, people? I mean, just, you know, like programmers or yep. even artists or anyone will just come up to me and ask Not like questions. users so, on the forums. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I try to, um, in, in, the, in the very early morning, um, I'll try to get a, an hour or two done then before people kind of get in and start asking stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, um, at the moment, um, I'm actually working a lot in the evening because um, I'm trying to fix the desync stuff. And um, I need, con- concentrating on that is really hard in the office environment. Mm-hmm. Um, because it can be pretty loud sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, um, it's real loud. In yeah, yeah. And so, like, it, like, and also just random questions. Like, when someone asks you a question, it distracts you, like, from your flow state quite heavily, mm-hmm. um, especially for programmers. Um, so, um, yeah, like, it's sort of hard to get, like, really concentrated work done during the day. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll answer a lot of questions um, during the day from people. And then, in, in the at the moment, at least, in the evening, I'm working on, um, some some you know more concentrated work. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, that's kind of at the moment. How many hours would you say you spend in the office? Um, you know, as right now, probably um, like like twelve. But um, that's only right now. Seriously, like, so I used to work way longer hours Mm -hmm. um, in the past. um, But I actually, at the moment, uh, specifically trying to work eight hours a day only. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so, so before this recent crunch period, I was working just eight hours a day. Yeah. And um, I think that's um, like you know you're you're only young for so long, right? Right. I think uh, (laughs) if you don't mind me saying, um, you used to sleep in the office a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. And you know, um, but. Yeah, I mean, I it's not like that anymore, really. You know, like the, the well, and I'll tell you that sometimes. <laughs> I I remember sometimes. I haven't yeah. been there that long. <laughs> yeah, usually like the night before a patch. Yeah. Maybe. So um the yeah as I said I make an effort to work eight hours a day yep. now but um you know we, I, one of the things I think that we actually we actually make an effort to do um and I ho- hopefully the staff appreciate it at least we feel like is that we're we're pretty flexible with regard to work hours like we don't really yep. say to people you have to work from these hours to this hours and also if you work more than 40 hours like we'll just pay you for them and if you work less that's okay too like yep. some of our developers like to work less than 40 hours and that's okay because that suits them and yeah mm-hmm. they get paid this for it and that sort of it's, as as it, it, it's all like as long as they get what they yeah, need you, to do done then you, you, yeah i mean you, well, you, you, we sort of say you should try and target like 40 hours a week generally but right. like we're not going to say like oh yeah you need to come in by t- like 10 or whatever like you can just kind of work whenever and hopefully people appreciate that i mean obviously i i certainly do like i right. I, <laughs> I mean i sometimes get in you know usually i'll, I'll hit from like 9 50 in the morning which right, is right. super late for most jobs anyway <laughs> and then sometimes i'll be like 10 30 i walk in yeah. and i'm like yeah, that's fine and then yeah. like well, we, nobody, see, we see a lot of programmers walk in like yeah. noon or, or later well, i mean and it's totally it, cool like hopefully nobody's ever like said anything negative to you about that because the idea no. is that it's supposed to be no, like, it's totally you know, fine flexible right yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously, well, what we sort of do say to people is like, you know, like try to be in between like 11 and like two at least, because then that's when people like want to talk to each other right. and collaborate. Yeah, that's the only real requirement. And it's funny, I'll tell you, the reason, you know, you know, the original reason we had the Monday lunch meeting is actually because like, <laughs> hey, people are so late to get in on Mondays that like if we give them free <laughs> lunch at like 1130, then at that's least people genius. will get in by then. <laughs> that's kind of what that's we genius. thought. Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, that was kind of the original reason for and, the lunch and meeting. And side note, Monday is definitely the best time to have a lunch meeting. Like, yeah, of, of oh, all yeah, days for week. sure. I yeah. worked at, a, at an ad digital agency or whatever before right. this, and they had their, they had, they had one of their perks was they had a Friday lunch. Right. And I was like, oh, cool, lunch on a Friday. It's like a cool way to wind down the week. And then, like, that would be the worst day because by that time you're right, too yeah. tired and grumpy yeah, appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. food. Yeah, and yeah. you didn't even want to go in. Right, right. Monday it's like, yeah, all right, it's Monday, whatever. But yes, food. <laughs> awesome. So yeah. Yeah, Monday is definitely a good call. So let me let me ask you, what's your favorite um Monday lunch? <laughs> favorite Monday lunch. Yeah. Oh man. Um I would say okay, Sal's is obviously a highlight. Yeah, Sal's right, pizza right. is a New yeah, York yeah. style pizzeria for our listeners. Yeah. Um uh or Actually, I'm really liking uh, the pita pit. Oh yeah, that's my favorite now. And, and yeah, pita pit's, pita yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. <laughs> but also Mexicali, I love Mexican food. Yeah, Mexicali's really good. So I love Mexican food as well. Mm-hmm. And I wish Mexicali was just better because, like, <laughs> yep. you know, it's like it, 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 it's 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 hard to get good Mexican food in New Zealand. Yeah, this is the problem. This is the problem. It's, yeah, I, I heard mean, rumors that had actual Mexican. Food. <laughs> I, I heard rumors that Taco Bell might be headed to New Zealand. Really? Yeah. Well, is I, doubt, I doubt there'll be better Mexican food, honestly. That is a food, bummer to hear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about developing uh, Path of Exile? Or what was your favorite thing? This is from user eMoneyX on Reddit. Um, so I have to say, honestly, that it's just being able to have an idea and then a lot of thousands of people play it, right? Like, yeah. 
I really just love coming up with designs for things that yep. are crazy. And I also really love coming up with things that, that are, like other designers are like, that's insane. We couldn't possibly balance that. Like, I love that. <laughs> and then we honestly. have to. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, right? So, um, you know, like, that's always fun. And, like, I, I, I really enjoy um, taking risks on design um, as well. Like, um, the dual system, to, since you mentioned it, like, that's a pretty risky design, really. Oh, yeah. Um, like, and we still don't know really whether it's, um, like, I mean, I'm pretty, I know it's really interesting and, like, you know, and that sort of stuff, right. but what we don't know is, like, how whether or not, it is yeah, how healthy it is with regard to balance, game. right, in the long term. Like, it's really hard to know. Yeah. Um, it's a gamble for sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that I, um, but I mean, the thing is, though, like, I mean, you can, like, the dual system is interesting because it's something where, like, when we were designing it, we're like, like we ha so we had Act Four, right? Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, Act Four is like really big, and this is a huge amount of content. But it, what it, Act Four isn't is interesting to like journalists or like new people to the game. Like they right. don't like when you say to someone, yeah, there's a pile more content. They're like, okay, there's a pile more content, right? It's not like inherently interesting, right? Um, and so we're like, okay, we need a th something that's really gonna make it, like you know, like that's going to really interest people to come back and be like, okay, I have to see this because sure. it's going to be something that, like, I really, you know, is, is, is something. And then the Act 4 is what keeps them there, right? Like, Act 4 is what, like, you know, that's a huge yeah. amount of content. They play yeah. that and there's, there's endless amounts of, like, you know, new areas and monsters and all mm -hmm. that sort of stuff, right? But you need something to so that, like, a story that people can hear that's like, okay, I have to check that out. It's also, um, I mean, a lot of our users are the type that sit at their desk and theory craft a yeah, build. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Act 4 is a bunch of content but doesn't change their behavior. Right, exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, and it doesn't excite them in, yeah. in, in a way that like... Well, I mean, obviously it's there's different players for different sure. people, but, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. but the great thing is with the dual system is I knew that it was successfully doing what it was supposed to do when we went around the uh, to show journalists mm -hmm. and whenever, like, I would show them Act 4 stuff and they're like, yeah, cool, and they're noting it down and everything like they do. But then as soon as I show them the dual system, they, like, perk up and they're like, wow, that's really interesting. I've never seen anything like that before, right? right? Like, you know, that's the, 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 when they see that, they're like, you know, th this is something that I can report on. It's like, it becomes the story. Um, and so, I, like, that was the most successful press tour we've ever done from the, from the, that is to say, from the number of journalists that arrived to the number that covered us. Yeah. Like, everybody who turned up covered us yep. um, for this press tour. And that's never been the case before. Um, which means that, yeah. Having, having been a journalist at, as a free-to-play game, that's really impressive. Like, right. usually free-to-play games, yeah, yeah. Uh, there is well, a you know, stigma about them. We've got this, like, weird line where, like, we have to... Like, so I don't even like to use the term free-to-play sure. um, at all because it has this whole stigma attached to it. Mm -hmm. um, I just prefer to use the term free, mm -hmm. um, which shouldn't mean anything different, but somehow does. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, like, whenever I'm pitching to a journalist, I don't even mention free-to-play at all. Like I just don't, I, I, I don't want that to be part of the conversation. I don't want them to that to color their perception of what the game is, mm -hmm. um, because as soon as you hear that, they're starting to think, okay, what's the monetization model? And the right. model for monetization, I feel, should not even be a part of the game from the perspective of like, like when when I'm like if you're reviewing something or you're like going to talk about what it is, I don't think the monetization should be part of it. And it's unfortunate that it has to be a part of the conversation for a lot of games. It does yeah. Um. So you know, like it, it that I feel is the problem. Um, with right. that. I used to review yeah. a lot of free-to-play games and yep. um, a lot of free-to-play games would enter open beta and that's when they would start charging money and I think yeah. that, that's we the did case. the same thing yeah 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 and so that's when we would review them yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point we are it, it's sort of like a, a our attempt at protecting the consumer you're right, saying right. Yeah, no, this is what you get for that money that you yeah, could yeah. potentially be putting into this game um, and I remember when you guys visited me 
because I was uh I was one of the you I think first journalists. I think you might have been the actual first. I'm not I'm not sure if you were, I but think you you might have gone to PC PowerPlay first. Maybe maybe. But yeah. um I, I I saw you very very early on. Yeah. When you were showing off the game, and I remember asking you, like, how do you guys? I, you told me it was free to play, and I was super stoked because yeah. I, it was like it looked like a triple A title. Hmm. Um, it had all these crazy new features, and I asked, how do you guys plan to make money? And I think at that time you said, "We'll figure it out." <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'll tell you what: when what we always knew we wanted to be only cosmetic, sure. Um, and the reason we thought that that could well, there were two. So there were two actual things. We'll be we out of the company. Okay, so this is two thousand six. You have to remember. Yep. And free to play was not at all a thing in the West. I mean, sure, there were a few games, yeah, there but was it wasn't. It, it wasn't really it. like you know the big titans of free to play yep. were not out. Um, and so basically we thought um, nobody in the Western world will accept pay for power as far as we were concerned. We, what we thought was, look, yeah, okay, maybe it's working in Asia with that model, but we didn't. We thought, look, um, Western gamers are just not going to accept this right. because we wouldn't, right? As far as we were concerned, we were gamers, we would not accept that. Mm-hmm. And so when we started, we were like, okay, well, we, we, we don't think um, that this should happen. And, and um, But what we had seen is that there were a few games in Asia that was monetized only with cosmetic as well. And so we thought, okay, well, if that can work, we, we, we think we can do this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think over time, um, the whole goodwill aspect um, has played more of a part. Yep. Um, so when we first uh, did our first um, like selling of, of stuff, um, which was the first supporter packs, we, um, had, there was just been a bunch of high-profile game Kickstarters. Mm. and um so i think wasteland might have been right around that time and like a couple maybe there was there was a couple of others ones. yeah i remember uh i don't um, remember any of the titles but i remember kickstarter had just yeah just kind a, of becoming a thing i mean it had been around for quite a yeah, while but for, in it gaming it was kind of starting you know, to become the, a fixture yeah exactly and, yeah. The, and the new stories that and we sort of thought well um okay what if we what if we did something sort of similar to that but we didn't want to do it on kickstarter because we knew we wanted to give people access to the game immediately yep like we had a product to, to that we could do and so it was kind of a it was fairly last minute like i think only well you know the other part of it is we were actually running out of money right so we needed, uh we actually needed <laughs> how, money how close uh, to running out completely um you want, can you are you very close <laughs> um at the actual point so at the point where we decide like you know i think that it came up upon us a bit faster than we had realized it was going to mm. and i think at the point where at the point where we started selling i think we might have had enough money for maybe two weeks oh oh my gosh but you have to remember that there was more money we could have gotten we could have gotten more investors and stuff right Right. it wasn't like we could have hit our investors up for more money but obviously that means selling more of the company we didn't want to do that so like technically yes we got that low and the thing is chris um like he had a house he could um get a mortgage on and and his parents had some money and they I i think actually his parents might have given like loaned him some money did they invest um, by any chance? No, they didn't. So I'll tell you what. So it's funny because um, I, I believe they loaned him um, a bit of money. Sure. Um, and then they, because they, they knew that he was going to pay it back like really soon. Yep. Um, and, and I think that they said later, oh, we really wish we'd just bought shares. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, that would have been better than the meager amount of interest that he uh-huh. paid them. Um, so any, anyway, yeah, it got really low. Like it was really, um, really close. And so we had to do the supporter packs at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember that day when we sold them, um, like, we had no idea um, how much they would sell. Like, we just didn't know. Sure. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, well, you know, I mean, people, I'm sure some people would want to pay to get into the, to, into the beta. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember that first day, like, looking at the, the money graph, and it was just, like, going up and up. And I was like, holy crap. Oh, <laughs> this is an absolute insanity. And then, like, 
I remember it, it was like the best day and the worst day of my life because what happened was is that the moment that the money started rolling in and like it was like going up really really far and there's like thousand two thousand four thousand six thousand like it was really yeah. high and then suddenly the reports started coming in of like okay some people are saying their credit cards are being charged but they're not getting a beta key. <gasps> and it's like the worst thing yeah. i was immediately like holy shit we need to go into disaster recovery mode and i got everybody in the company um, within arm's reach to start answering forums and stuff and like saying people know you'll be fine we'll, we'll sort it out and what it actually was was just that it was putting a hold on their credit card um, for 24 hours okay um, but it wasn't actually taking the money um, and yeah and you know what it was actually was that it was our credit card processor had screwed up and um, they weren't ex- they were quite new actually the credit card processor and they didn't um, anticipate that level of load um, <laughs> all of a sudden on one account because um, like seriously because it was like literally like we opened pack sales and then it was like all these people flooded in all oh, at once and it, and it screwed it up that you were laundering money <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know well you know I was totally expecting PayPal to close our account or something because oh, wow. um, you hear stories about that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah. Um, but um, you know it's funny to look back because the amount of money we got in that day was completely dwarfed by, um, by, by, by subsequent like sales that we've done right well, so, now, um, now you actually have a real game. Well, yeah, right. You know, so that's free. sort of you know. Sort what of was what happened. was offered in that first run of? Um, oh, I so remember we had the uh, kiwis. Yeah, well, the the kiwis that was a big one. Um, I still see them in game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, they're really, they're really, they're really. Those good. are your hardcore supporters right there. Yeah, I never the got one. Oh re- right, well, was, dude, was, I made those <laughs> kiwis. <my> time. <laughs> oh nice, <laughs> yeah. nice. Which was your favorite kiwi? Uh, the gold one was gold one. awesome. I Pretty love yeah. the little good. satchels that it has on Oh, the yeah. Yeah, the money bags. Oh, yeah. Real good. Real good. Um, I-, I remember when the game was coming out and um, Notch brought a supporter pack. Yeah, he did. That? He did, yeah. Um, and, he, and he has a unique item called, um, it's a bow called Infractum. Infractum. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember um, when that was happening, there was talk around the office that Notch was getting his own thing and everybody expected it to be a pickaxe, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And people are really disappointed that it's not. Yeah. Just wanted to make a bow, right? Like, yeah. Hey, it's his unique, right? Yeah, he can yeah, make what he wants. He doesn't have to be the Minecraft guy forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we did, I mean, in practice, is an anagram of Minecraft. So he yeah. is the Minecraft guy forever. <laughs> Sorry, Notch. You are that guy now. Yep. Um, we have actually a really good question from user Waddles on the Reddit. What are some key points about game development that you know now that would have been extremely helpful to know early on when starting development for Path of Exile? Um, it's a tricky question. Like, so there's a lot of things that had I known, I probably wouldn't have made Path of Exile. Wow, really? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you. So, like, if you had told us um, at the start that it was going to be this crazy, like, six years before release project, Mm -hmm. then we wouldn't have done it because (laughs) we would have never thought we could have the money and resources to do it, right? Right. We thought that it was game development was way easier than it was. (laughs) So, so I've got a question. Um, you're in university. Uh Chris says. We're going to make a video game after university, right? Uh-huh. Are, are you not putting ideas together as you're going through university? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we totally talked about tons of stuff. Yeah, um, so it wasn't even like an uh, action role-playing game at that point. Oh, I mean, well, no, we knew that it was going to be that, right? We knew we wanted to make an ARPG. Yeah. But, I mean, we had all sorts of crazy ideas. Like, um, um, like I remember initially... So, I mean, initially we weren't even going to have classes. And then we wanted to have one of those kinds of systems where, like, as you do things, like, you get better at those things and that the, kind of the, stuff. The, the, we had, we had also, yeah, you know, so those, th- those, those models I actually think are flawed now. We decided we moved away from it when we sort of thought um, we didn't like that. But there are, yeah, there encourages some weird behavior, like, yeah, well, you know, in, 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 MMO, in an MMO, so I don't, I don't know if you guys ever played Darkfall. Um, so Darkfall had this, a system like that, and they had this thing where, like, people would just, like, 
um like lock like they put like a shoe on the keyboard or whatever to like sleep <laughs> like to like keep moving forward because like as you as you run it like levels up your running and yep. like as you swim it levels up your swimming and then like there was random you know I, I seem to remember people doing things like they had some like damaging like like poison water or something and they'd like put like hold down like the left and forward key and like walk around in a circle and it would level up like running and swimming and like resistance to damage and like a bunch of things as you like ran around in the circle through these sort of things you'd like yeah, like the, it's not even playing a game. Yeah, anymore. yeah exactly right. Engaging your gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there's things like this. It has these weird. Um, I think it's single player. It actually is fine um, because people don't like single player has different. You're like, not competing have the with those in the same skills. way, right? Yeah. The only thing, well, the only thing you're doing in single player when you do that is hurting yourself, yep. right? Like you're it just doesn't. Your own time. You're just wasting your own time. So, so basically, yeah. In, in multiplayer, there's different um, user behavior mm. um, to worry about. So I think that those kinds of systems in a in an online game, kind of don't work nearly as well. I, uh, in a, I, I'm actually curious. Uh, how do you think Path of Exile would be different if it were single player? Um, you know, you know, I haven't even thought about that because once again, it, it was it was, it was uh, the question. key tenant from the very beginning was multiplayer. Yeah. Um, you, I, you know, I don't think it would actually even like necessarily be that different. I mean, we, we we're, we're not. Well, no, I mean that's not true, right? Because I mean, there's tons of things that we do based on user behavior. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a very tricky question. I, I don't really have a good answer to that. Um, All right. It really would <laughs> depend a lot. Yeah, it, uh, it, I, yeah, I, I have a feeling it would be a very, very different game. Um, Maybe, yeah. And I, I don't know that it would be better or worse, but I think it would be like, mm. for example, I think there would be, uh, an entirely different set of skills available. Right. Well, I mean, okay, so there's a lot of things to do with networking yep. issues, right? Yep. That's that's that that that's something that um I I, I wasn't really thinking about. That. I mean, yeah, sure, there are skills we don't do because yep. they're they're bad, and, uh, but you know that actually will probably change now that we've got the um the desync stuff coming up. Uh, um, maybe we have to maybe, maybe yeah it, maybe it's we'll not it's see. not mandatory systems will be yeah yeah everything yeah, yeah. it's gonna be crazy yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, perspective inter- interesting um, but um have you had any like single player game ideas floating around your head at all? I have plenty of game ideas all the time. <laughs> mm. um, you know, like there's all sorts of games that I'd like to make if I could, but uh, you know, that's probably not in the near future, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, like I, I've always had a thing for um, for, for well, platformers, <laughs> yes. But you know, I actually don't have good design ideas for those because I mean, platformers really come a lot down to just like um, level design, right? Like it's just all level design. Like, they're not a systems heavy, which is the kind of stuff I like to actually design, yep. as opposed to the stuff I like to play. Um, so, I mean, platformers really just come down to s- really solid level design, mm. um, and obviously some mechanics as well, but I mean, it's, it's, it's all about how you use those mechanics in a level. Yeah. Um, it's also so, getting the feel right. Oh yeah, obviously a the feel right. feeling or a floating oh, platformer yeah, absolutely. is not Absol- oh, yeah. good. Absolutely. That can, that can just, I mean, it, you um, can have a brilliant level design and if it, if it just feels like you're not actually, yeah. your inputs aren't one for one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, what was the question again? Uh, single player ideas. Oh game. yeah, I um, you know, the, so so one of the things that I really like to do one day is make a space game. Oh, um, I really want to make a space game, uh, not three D, but top down. Okay. Um, because I think that actually that three D, um, almost all good game types, I think, are um played in two dimensions. Um, that now now you could I I would argue a first person shooter is fundamentally two dimensional unless you're like in a no gravity area or whatever. Mm-hmm. People just don't oh, think well yeah. in 3D spaces, I and I think that space games have a problem with that, and space games become a lot easier when you remove one of the dimensions. And a lot of the time in space games, the third dimension isn't even really used, like, meaningfully. Yep. Um, like, I don't know if you play, like, Homeworld and that kind of thing, 
the third dimension may as well not have existed mm-hmm. in that game yeah um right it did nothing for the game um i mean yeah there might have been occasional like cases of like oh they're not going to look down and i'm going to attack from the bottom or whatever but right. it wasn't really a big part of it and, and i think that it added a huge amount of complication to the ui of that game for no real benefit mm-hmm. um it also becomes uh, if it's an exploration based game it becomes a nightmare to, na- to yeah, navigate exactly because right it's so easy to lose your orientation when you can yeah, yeah. move in all axes. So I'm a fan of 2D space games. Um, I mean, 3D graphics, but 2D yeah. like, gameplay. Yeah. Um, so you know Escape Velocity? Um, I don't know if any of you have played that. No. Escape Velocity is my favorite space game. It's really awesome. Okay. Uh, it's very old now. It's actually, it was really for the Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, was, it was really nice. I had awesome mod support. Um, this, this is part of the reason why. So I, I played tons of mods in that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, the uh, I'd love to make a space game one day. Um and uh, I mean also you know another game I'd really love to you know you know Settlers Two, um, um I know the yeah. Settlers series yeah love Settlers Two I don't like the other one so much <laughs> Settlers Two is the shit <laughs> that, is, that is awesome um and I'd love to make a game like that one day as well like a sort of city building game where you don't have um uh like you don't like have to worry about the army stuff so much mm-hmm. and you know i sort of thought actually i shouldn't give away my game ideas but i'm gonna <laughs> anyway because no one no one no one hearing this probably will well, actually make here, it. the worst case scenario is instead of getting to make it, you get to play it right 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 <laughs> so yeah exactly right so anyway like the concept of settlers 2 tower defense okay <laughs> so if you play the settlers 2 you know that it's all about building like a giant city right sure. and the, the combat stuff kind of isn't so good mm-hmm. um However, the defensive stuff is pretty fun, and building defenses is something that's pretty fun. So the concept of like a settlers game, but it's a tower defense game. Mm-hmm. So you kind of expand your city like just endlessly into the like in all directions. Right. So you start in the center, and like you know, you just kind of go out, and there's like monsters that come in from the outside, mm-hmm. and you have to build defenses. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, so this that's, was a, that's the, an interesting concept too, because you're like expanding your city. Yeah, yeah. Into into the other people's yeah. kind of well, I mean, short amount just, of time that you can defend. Yeah, yeah I mean, but basically, like you know, you've kind of got like it's really nice resource constraints that you have because um like in a, in a game like that um you consume resources as you go out so you have to keep expanding in order to get more yep. like if you want to chop down more trees you have to kind of keep on expanding and you know getting more metals or whatever so it's actually you know i think i think it would, would work as a game design um but you know it, mm-hmm. yeah one day one day yeah it's, um that's really interesting it's just combat by expansion really. yeah yeah <laughs> well you know you know it's funny because ta i used to play at land parties a lot Mm-hmm. And that game, total annihilation. The, for, yeah, total for annihilation. Love that game. Yeah. Yep. So that game, like I used to say, um, in that game, that the the best, um, the best offense is a good defense. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that game, um, that game, you just build. Uh, the best thing was building cannons from your base and just shooting up the other base uh, from your base. Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> units were just, a, you, yeah, units were just a waste of time. And all the mods we used to install were all about like, yeah, screw units. Units <laughs> are a waste of time. Just build base defenses, and then your base can kill their base. Um, it was the best. <laughs> have have you played the um, um, Supreme Commander? Yeah, Supreme Commander um, Two. You know, I played. Uh, so I played the first one. I didn't play the second the, one. The second um, one, uh, from what I've played, like seems that, to yeah. end up just yeah. firing cannons into each other's right, base. Right, right. right. Well, you know, well, you know, TA was so ahead of its time. I'll tell you, like there was stuff that they did with the physics in that game that no game at that time did. Like, for example, if you kill a plane in that game mm-hmm. then the debris from the plane will rain down and do damage to the yeah, that it lands on that stuff was that. great so you used to be able to make like you like it used to be the case right that in, in that game so you people would have like a base covered in flat cannons to destroy planes mm-hmm. but you if you build a big enough army of planes that you can fly <laughs> over the base then the debris from the planes will destroy just, the, the pure mass cannon. of the yeah. of the airplanes will rain down on the base <laughs> and destroy awesome. it like you know <laughs> yeah. like, what do you tell 
What would the commander have told those pilots, though? <laughs> it's like, a, I want, I want the, just the metal of your planes to hit the enemy buildings. Yeah. I'm pretty sure um, that was basically Japan's strategy in World War II by the end. <laughs> well, they, are, they are robots. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're all robots okay. anyway, so yeah, it doesn't totally matter. Fine, totally fine. Um, you know, and also, plus the interest cinematic of that game is like, it's so awesome. You know, I've, the, the, epicness no of, the epicness of that voice Deacon. cannot be beat. And Oh, man, just, yeah, it was, good, it was an awesome game. So ahead of its time. Um... um all right, well, we've got another question. We'll move on to another. Yep. Uh, uh, oh, how did Diablo 3's announcement and release affect attitudes inside of grinding your games? And did you even care? How um, confident were you that Path of so Exile was going to do well? We were happy when they announced that they were going in a different direction than we were. Mm. Um, and that was all there really was to it. And then once we established that, it was kind of just like, they'll do their thing, we'll do our thing. Doesn't matter. I'm trying to remember, um, you guys weren't publicly... Like, the game wasn't publicly announced no, when G3 well, was publicly announced, you know, I don't believe. I think you're right. Yep, I think you're right, So actually. No, wait, maybe you're not. Um, you know, I actually haven't, I actually don't know. Um, you, well, I'm pretty think, sure, I'm pretty sure we were still in the garage at that point, though, so yeah. I, I believe, uh, if, if memory serves me well, you, you showed me that Diablo 3 had been announced, but features hadn't. Right, and right. You guys showed me the game before anything. Uh, right, yeah, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaty from Diablo yeah. had been seen. I think there, there was yeah. like a trailer, maybe like the Rainbow trailer or whatever, like where, where they ran past the waterfall and people. Played right. Oh, those. yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that once, as I said before, once we established that the game was um sort of going in a different direction, then we were fine. But I actually think that if anything, it probably helped us. Um, more than anything because I remember noting that when um, Diablo 3 would do press mm -hmm. we would actually get a boost in users um, and I think the reason for that is just because because we were in the consciousness um, you know whenever people were talking about one game they would mention the other game so right. I think just that actually helped so in, in some ways um, also just bringing more people into the action RPG genre is good mm -hmm. for everyone right mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, that, that I think was also, help, you know, like the whole rising tide lifts all ships yep. concept. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, um, I think that it was probably, um, in, in retrospect, it was probably good that they, they came out. Um, and, and, and certainly, certainly we weren't too worried. I mean, as far as we were, I, I remember when we first started the company, we had this like thing of like, okay, if you put a ladder on the internet, someone will want to be at the top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of thought, like, we always thought, like, we'll probably have enough users to make this a viable business. It just depends on it's a viable business at what size, right? Right. Like, um, we could have continued along as a 10-person studio, and we would have got enough money for that studio, sure. and that would have been fine, and the game would have been less big and awesome, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, like, that would have been fine, but the amount of users we got, we were able to expand and be bigger, and have a better game, and so on. So, um, you know, that's just kind of how that goes. Thank you, Squalion E, for that question. That's good. Um... Another one from uh, Liquid SG. This is another Reddit user. Are there any specific things that were designed or coded years ago that are fundamental parts of the game or systems that hold back the current and future designs and implementations? Um, so that's actually something that we covered in the um, in the press tour a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so a great example of that is shotgunning. Yep. Um, that is something that has always been in the game like it is. And we've changed it. Shotgunning and, it, it, for people who maybe aren't like super hardcore yeah. Path of Exile players is uh, multiple instances of a single spell hitting the same creature or player uh, 
over and over again. So like, yeah. uh, if if a player is shooting three fireballs, all three fireballs could hit the same target and explode and deal triple damage. Yeah. Um, and there are only a few skill. A lot of the spells do this. None of the uh, bow attacks do this. Is there are some weird inconsistencies? It's just sort of been a sort of a thorn in design side for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a really great example. Um, a couple of other things that. So th this is something a little bit more controversial, I suspect, but um, I think that the way that, like, socketing the gems into the armors with the colors and stuff mm -hmm. has always been a bit of a problem because it restricts your ability to ch change items. Yep. And that's something I think that were we to start from scratch, we might think of a different way to do. Um, I still like the way that items... Like, that extra amount of, like, I have to care about items for this other reason is really good, right? Mm -hmm. And that's part of the reason we did it initially. We were like, okay, if we give people more things that make the best items, like, you know, then that will that will help a lot. Um, but I think that we underestimated the degree to which that would sort of make it difficult to change items. And I think that kind of, like, over time what we've been doing is we've made it easier, right? And I, even in... in, yeah. in um, even just recently again. So we, we've, we've tried to fix this problem so many different ways. Mm -hmm. um, like we had the masters with the specific crafting that they can do. Like mm -hmm. we had, um, uh, what is Verici, I Verici, think, who does yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, that does the, 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 that. And um, we've made it easier to get more links. And we just actually did that again in, in, um, uh, in, a, in the Awakening beta. We just changed it so that three links now spawn um, from level two onwards. Yep, so we, um, we just and, like made the requirement for getting a three linked item way easier yeah and um, that's also partly because game. it's also partly because we moved the support gems earlier yes um so you need it you need it earlier but mm -hmm. but basically um yeah i mean so there's that, that that one there i think is still probably the um the one that still kind of pains me a little bit uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what we would change it to because i still like the the mechanic on some level of like you know making it more interesting things about items yeah right? that's always good um, it's just that, yeah, it has a bit of that downside. So, um, you know, that's kind of another thing. But, but honestly, um, like, I think that we've been pretty lucky with a lot of other things in terms of like a lot. There's a lot of things in the game where it was so arbitrary that the way we decided to do them, and they ended up actually being good for other reasons that we didn't expect. So, I mean, we were lucky in some cases. Mm -hmm. um, what, but, yeah, what's I mean, an example? Can you think of any? Um, well, let me think. Let me think about some a few things around that. So. Um, I think the currency system, for example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's probably a good a yeah. good one. Um, on the flask stuff actually helped a lot more mm -hmm. as well. Oh yes. I think, the, yeah, the that, flask that's been good. Um, so I mean, there have been things like that. And, um, but but I also think that part of the reason I think we don't have too much dead weight as well is that we actually haven't been too afraid to change stuff, right? Yep. Like we 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 do pretty brutally just go. Yep, we're changing this. Mm. Um, much to the the misery the players, of, of, yeah. of a lot of the old older players who yeah exactly make you know these crazy very powerful builds and then yeah no i mean you know well, now and, this and, doesn't work anymore and, and but but i think that ultimately um it is better for the game to be have a changing meta game mm -hmm. um it will keep it alive for longer mm -hmm. um and as much as people feel the pain when we change builds on them um you know in the long run mm. um it's it's good to change stuff, and I, and I think that we've been better about it. Um, when when we sort of got the season thing more codified, like we only make changes that affect people's builds so much, like around when season transitions happen. Yeah. So less people are affected because they're making new characters anyway, and I think that that's been an important sort of philosophy, um, that we've kind of had as as time has gone on. Mm. Mm. Um. Here's another one. Uh, what is some uh what is something simple in Path of Exile that actually has a very complex code? This is from. 
uh, user Tom Tuff on Reddit? Um, <laughs> um, well, there's I mean, there's dumb things, right? Like, that seem like it should be simple, like the 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 the, the what do you call it? The textures on the ground, like the decals, not the decals, yeah. like the, just the base textures. The system for that is horrifying. Oh, wang tiles. Uh, well, I mean, we had the wang tile thing for a while. We actually removed that, and like um, oh. that actually doesn't happen now. Um, okay. But what we do have is the blending between the different tiles, the blending thing, and like when it comes to like bridges and rivers and shit, and they've got these different masks. Oh, I remember. Whole thing. Oh yep. god, trying to get but, three masks. And, yeah. And that's, oh. Is that because tiles can be rotated in different directions, but the texture has you to? You know, all that line is up. actually a good part of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. So basically, like the engine understanding about where the textures need to go on a tile is just really complicated because sometimes there are masks involved because like if, if you got like we have this thing where like if you've got two like so the place where the textures are set is on the corners of the tiles okay so each corner has like a material set okay and um the uh but sometimes like and, and if you just have two materials that are set differently on two adjacent tiles then the engine just generates this kind of random blend between the two locations that's based on some lookup table somewhere else sure um but if um, it's like a river, you want to have the blend done in a very specific way across that transition from um, the, or, or like any, or a road or something like that. Mm -hmm. So therefore you have to have a mask um, for that. So we had to sort of already that got a bit complicated because it's like, okay, when do we engage this mask? And like the engine has to understand like how to set up the shaders and everything for that. Um, and then, uh, and then we're like, okay, but what if you want to have like a bridge over a river? So you've got the river and you've got the like ground that's like not on the road. And then you've got the road as well. Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes, because we need like two masks to do this. And then like, but then part of it is random. And then like, I don't know, the whole thing just got, became into a nightmare. And there's this, there's this piece of code that's like, just like, I think I broke it down into like, 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 I don't know, 25 different cases of ground. <laughs> and then like, they don't even really map to anything like physically. So like, it's literally like ground case one, ground case two, and then it got into like ground case four A, <laughs> and then, like ground case four A one B, and then it's like okay, yeah, and then and, like the code for this is just totally impossible, and every single one of them has like random special cases, and it's just a nightmare. Um, and it, what it, all it's doing really, and there's probably a better way to do this, but it's uh -huh. all it's really doing is just setting up the shaders, um, like for what material goes where, and like. You know, yeah, it's just a, it's a nightmare. So if you're ever walking around in Path of Exile and you walk over a bridge, appreciate that bridge. Yeah. <laughs> that is Jonathan's um, blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, probably the other thing that's just way more complicated. And, uh, you know, maybe this also seems complicated probably to players who are advanced, but maybe to people who haven't sort of seen it a lot is, like, just the stat system, man. Oh, like, yeah. The, the, and specifically virtual stats, which is basically the concept of, like, um, like, when you see something like the amount of fire damage I do, the calculation for that is like goes deep, um, yep. and um, you know the reason for that is just because there's so many interactions mm. with items and stuff. You know, I think there. Are, how many stats are we up to now? Like what is like two thousand? Oh, uh, more than two thousand. More than two thousand? Yeah. Like three thousand? Have we got up to? Oh, I, don't, I haven't even looked at that table. I know in terms of mods, we're up to like, oh, maybe like it might be more than five thousand mods now. Right. But I mean, in terms of stats, yeah, stats like, there's a, there's a crazy amount of stats, and yeah, and and it's just because like there's so many steps and like things like damage conversion, like converting ice to fire. There's like the complications mm -hmm. in that are just insanity. Um, the thing is, is that pe people who like know the game well probably understand the level of insanity in mm -hmm. here, but it may not seem like much when you're just like, okay, how much fire damage do I do? Right, it may seem like you know, a simple question, but yeah. it's actually it'll be like 
yeah. how much cold damage you do and increase that, then transform yeah. into lightning and then increase that and transform yeah. into fire. And that's yeah, what you get. Yeah, this, this, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, I, and I'm sure there's probably other things I come up with, but that'll, that'll do for now, probably. Yeah. There's, yeah. What was it like working on those, um, those new skill gym uh, sockets that turned uh, some damage into other types of damage? Oh, you know, I didn't actually implement that. Um, uh-huh. That was implemented by Mark. And, um, we, you know, we came up with a fairly simple way for that to work, but ultimately there's a lot of um, hard-coded, like, we basically have to be like, okay, um, what stats mention, like, weapon types, and then go through that entire list and make sure that there's one for bows, but all of those, um, oh, you know, yeah. and then and then make a, uh, make a transformation table of all the things. Like, it, it ultimately was just, you know, just yeah. just done by hand, right? There wasn't yeah, any. It's it literally he, yeah. he he found every single weapon type stat that we had in the passageway, yeah. and then said, "Now make a bow version." Yeah, and then he missed one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we pointed it out, and he was like, ah, "Yeah, that's incredible." Yeah. He only missed one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so upset. But I mean, yeah. We, you, what else can you do, really? I mean, that. Yeah, um, it's kind of the only way. Yeah, there's uh, gonna be like, here's a here's here's one that's that we're gonna have to work on really soon. So we got a a jewel. That uh, gives all of the passive points in the radius of the jewel to your minions, yeah. and some of those are weapon type stats. Yeah, yeah. So and we have some to of go... those monsters are mm. holding weapons, and some of them aren't, but they look like they are. Yeah. And some of them are, but they look like they aren't. And yeah, so yeah. We have to so fix like every monster in the game. So like a bandit that's holding an axe, like technically he might just be unarmed from the perspective of the game. Yep. Right? There's just axe art in his hand. Yep. Um, but now that you can give your minions um, Increased, axe damage, yeah. the thing is, so you say, oh, how do you get a bandit as a minion? Well, there's specters, right? Yep. So you s- get a bandit, and you summon him as a specter, and you're going to expect that the axe damage from one of your axe passives is going to work on that guy if well, he looks like he's holding an axe. Right. People are... right. So we have to go through all the monsters in the game and make sure all the weapon types are set up correctly for what it looks like they're yep. holding. And and yeah. like the rowers, which are in like the third area yeah. of the game, which run around, they charge at you. They're using the shield charge skill. Yeah, yeah. And our, our game is set up so that you can't use shield, shield charge unless you have a shield. So those yeah. rowers have a shield that you can't yeah. see. Techn- <laughs> technically, those rowers are wielding a mace and a shield. Yeah. From the perspective of the game code, that's amazing. Um, so, so yeah, we have to fix things like yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, theoretically, if you give your yeah. you give your your rowers specters block chance, they'll be blocking like crazy. Yeah. 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 Um. So there's tons of. <laughs> that's oh, man, incredible. So I didn't know about this. Thing. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny how that stuff gets set up. The hacks that you do to get things working <laughs> end up biting you. Uh, here's a here's a question from Feral Rage on Reddit. Uh-huh. Uh, what's an idea that is getting implemented in Awakening, but has been in the think tank since? Uh, Path of Exile started its development, and how has this idea changed from its beginning steps? Why implement it now? <sighs> so let me think about that. So you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Act Four is the big one, right? Like yep. Act Four, like has been in the plan since the beginning. We we made concept art for that, and in the initial like the first four images we we made concept art for um, were the four acts. Mm-hmm. And so that was in there from the very beginning. Um, I know that like some of the concept art is on the Grinding Your Games yes, official it is, website. Yes, it is. It's on the official website. It has been there has, since the beginning. And when was the last time that site was updated? <laughs> um, I don't like to think about that website, um, honestly. Um, but I'll tell you, you know, as far as design it is, I actually don't know if there were any left. There, the are, some, there are some left that we haven't used. Oh, yeah, if there are some left. But yeah. I don't know if there any got into the, um, got into the Awakening because... I remember the Forsaken Masters one um, for the Masters with the hideouts. That's something I wanted to do since the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. And there were tons of other ideas in that expansion that came from the original design doc as well. Mm. 
um, but I don't know if there are any actual design things other than just the, the areas um, that were in um, in I the think, Awakening. Yeah, I don't I don't think there are. Have you actually read that? No, but I I know we've talked about some of the ideas. You've heard tell of it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't think of any. You should uh, you should seriously have a read through it sometime. It's pretty you interesting. Share it with me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah I, I will seriously. I'm excited uh, I now. I want to see all the old ideas. Uh, I know there are some really crazy things that we've talked about that we can't probably talk about now. Yeah, yeah. That are just ridiculous. So yeah, yeah. Hype. <laughs> <laughs> Is, yeah. is that Mystery the guns? feature hype. Oh, the guns. <laughs> the guns? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, guns. That's <laughs> We're not meant to talk about the guns. You know that. <laughs> um, it's actually the cannons, which are two-handed guns. Um, all right. Well, how about... Um, let's do a question from uh, Zedralia, who actually is a supporter. He's, I'm right. working on one of his items. So oh, cool. shout out Zedralia. Well, thank you very much. Um, What's a neat gameplay idea that you, someone on the team, or a player has had in the past, but it will never be possible due to programming limitations? Hmm. You know, I reckon the person to answer this would be Mark, because he has to actually answer this all the time. Yeah. Oh. For supporters who request uniques that like just can't be done. Yeah. Well, I I know a lot of them because yeah. I so have you to, know a lot of them, right? You're the one. Who, yeah, you're the one. Supporters. You're the one who has to answer this question. Probably. Yeah. Well, I I think we we might have talked about some of these in the yeah, past. Yeah. You kind of you kind of have. Yeah. There's like for example, we want the I know a supporter had a good idea, which was uh, a wand that would chain for each power charge um, you had on you at the time, but right. because the point at which you attack and the point at which the power charges expire can be different from the client and the server, meaning that you see all these flashy chaining effects on your client and the server, right. it hits one enemy. Right. So that was one that I... Yeah, uh, right. And that's yeah. just like a really minor limitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's always things like, uh, can an item look at what uh, what is taken in the passive tree or something? Like, it's, it's right, a bad example, right. but it's, it's yeah, things yeah. like which, which yeah. systems actually know which other systems... Which other systems are doing? So, some of those things probably could be done if we were to put enough effort into them. Yeah, it's just that the, just, the, the, the cost, the cost that um, isn't justified by what, what we're getting yep. from it. Because um, I mean, we had to do a bunch of reengineering the passive tree, obviously for jewels, because yep. those are items that affect the tree. So it might even be the case that nowadays we could do something to do with an item looking at the tree. Yeah, or maybe it's the other way around, though. I I don't know, but it's all we often like put in items that we couldn't do a couple of years ago. Yeah. And then we'll yeah. often see people yeah. say, that was my idea. And we're like, right. And we then we yeah, do it back then, but now we Yeah. Can. Cause things changed, right? Like, yep. you know, things got, things, things got better. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm trying to think of like a more high level thing for this question, but I can't really think of anything immediately. Obviously I mean, there will be things obviously. Yeah. Um, that we wanted to do, but we're technologically infeasible. Um, um, I can't think of any, there, there are tons of, I, you know, it's funny though, cause we actually have a question on a design test called like, the supporter yeah, yeah. wants this thing, yes. but you we can't do this for this reason. Yep. Write an email to them saying I why we that. can't do them and what and what. Yeah. So I can answer that. It, it was it was eva- doing something on on an on an evaded attack when you evade right. an attack or dodge an attack yeah, yeah. because, as far as the system knows, it just means that like that, I mean, you, you, if you if you're just missing with your attacks because you're not aiming properly, that's the same as an attack being evaded. As far as right, right, yeah, is like the thing yeah. receiving that attack is concerned. Yeah. So they don't have any sense of you've been attacked and evaded, so you can't do anything on evade. Right, right. That's that's a limitation that we can't do, for example. Um, have there ever been any programming challenges which initially seemed like daunting tasks, only to have easy solutions at the end? Absolutely. This is from Headless009, License to Kill. 
but unfortunately i can't remember what any of them are off the top of my head seriously i remember there have been cases where i like set out to do this big long task and then i'm like huh just changing this one thing just immediately does that wow um like this one's maybe a small example but there was some tech we needed for the aqueduct in act four was, was um, it water yeah the water so um, i'll i'll give it so the users know what we're talking about the uh aqueduct tiles like any tile set uh, in the game were originally able to be rotated uh, this yeah. might be what you're talking about i'm not sure yeah it, it, yeah. it, it actually it actually is so basically the the water um tiles uh they weren't lining up properly yeah. um on the borders and it's basically because um well for reasons that are complicated to do with texturing um and like to do with the way the effects were applied mm-hmm. um there, there was there was basically a seam on the edge of the water and I went into that thinking, um, I just don't even know how I would do this because it has to support arbitrary rotations. Although in the end, I think maybe we they, lock rotation. Uh, we actually yep. ended up locking it anyway. But the, in the initial spec I was given, it's like, well, the aqueduct has to be able to flow in any direction, but it still has to be able to match up on the seams. Right. And I'm like, this sounds really difficult. I'm just going to try some stuff. So I just I wrote a shader that kind of sounded vaguely like it might work, and I was like, oh, this works, <laughs> oh, wow. and it works in all cases and all rotations. And I'm like, oh, sweet, cool. <laughs> Um, I thought this was going to be really hard, oh, and I kind man. of just lucked into the answer. Um, so, you know. But um, there, there are probably much better examples than that of things where, like, it seemed like a really daunting challenge, but ended up not being. But, right. Yeah, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. And then there's the flip side of that, which I'm sure. Yeah, which is where, yeah, which is where, like, you know, something seems really easy, and then it ends up being, like, a horrible, horrible challenge. Yeah. Um, and uh, once again, my, my mind is blanking probably for a different reason in this one, because I'm raising them from my head, yeah, yeah after so, being so much horror. I mean, when the users, I'm sure. A lot of a lot of users think that desync is probably a pretty easy solution. Yeah, yeah. And we just don't want to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it you know, they're just like, oh, easy. oh, they're just they're, they're going to remove desync. It's like, well, why didn't I remove that earlier? <laughs> I should have just taken all this desync code we put in there out a long time ago. Um, but you are in the process. Yes, currently. I am in the process like, of doing that day by I'm day. The, yeah, day by day. So yeah, I mean, the process for that is horrible. Um, by the way, uh, it's absolutely disgustingly terrible. Uh, so basically, I've just got this, um, you know, so desync happens when things happen differently on the client and the server. Yep. Um, so the way that I am approaching this is um, log everything. So um, every like single every, possible Every action. single movement of a square, yep. every animation, what speed it was played at, absolutely, absolutely everything. And then um, I've got a thing that uh, basically compares the logs as they're being generated on the client and the server. And then the moment that anything goes slightly out of sync, um, it freezes the game so that you can inspect the state. And it's just pretty cool seeing the game frozen because, like, all of the all of the like animations are, like stopped in mid frame, mm-hmm. all the blood and everything's just like hovering in midair. Mm-hmm. You can still move the camera yeah, around. Yeah, you can hover it around. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like it's, it's pretty mode. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It actually is like free. You know, someone's cast oh. like time freeze, yeah. which is pretty cool. You scale um, so anyway, hype. No, it's um, not Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so then yeah, it freezes the world, and then um, I can have a look at it. And I can look at the log and see exactly what what was different, and. Um, it's like you have to go through, um, like you know, with a fine-tooth comb and sort of see the exact moment it desynced and why, and then try to work out why, and then you fix it, and then um, you then try the game again and see if it it, it works now. Mm-hmm. And it's arduous, and for a long time, it's like you can't go five seconds without something being slightly different. Right. Um, and even even if those things didn't even have any actual effect on the game, like because of the way we're doing this with like logging absolutely everything, everything has to happen in exactly the same order. On the client and the server in exactly the same way with no no differences whatsoever. Right. Um, so for example, um, like it doesn't actually matter whether you do like whether you like do the stun animation first or you take the life away first. Um, but it does matter in this mode because all that shit gets logged and it has to exactly be the same. 
Um, and so that's the kind of example of like, okay, I have to get this correct because otherwise I can't debug it, right? Like everything has to be identical. Yep. Um, so there are things that don't really cause actual desync. Like they will never actually matter, but I still have to fix them anyway um, just to make the simulation perfect so that I can do this testing. And we've gotten to the point now where you can like um, like run, you know, you can do the whole Twilight Strand with zero desync. No monster will ever be out of place ever. You know, Fireball, you can do some raised zombies, you can do some, you know, you can run through, run through the next area, you can run through a whole bunch mm -hmm. of areas, lots of monsters work. And then I'm just going down the list of skills, just checking them off. Okay, does this one desync? Does mm -hmm. that one desync? Does this one? And you know, and you just go down this list, and we have a lot of skills. One, and we've got a lot of skills. And then I, I, mean, I haven't started testing support gems yet. Um, oh, and uh, sometimes, like often, the fixes, often the fixes of previous skills will affect new ones. So as as I go down the list, like more and more stuff becomes like just oh, this just works, right? Mm -hmm. But then randomly, stuff will just not work for no apparent reason. Like um, you know, like I thought that I got the melee skills all down, right? Like, and I was like, yeah, yeah, like so. You know, cleave is working and like you know um like random stuff like heavy strike are working all these are working and then double strike just randomly doesn't work <laughs> uh, and it's like well that should just be simple right One like i don't see a reason skills. yeah yeah right and it's just like okay well why the hell is double strike not working like you know and i actually haven't figured that one out yet so probably when i get back home after this i'll probably be right onto double strike wow. um and <laughs> I know. And then one of the really annoying things is when you apply a fix to something and then it breaks a previous thing mm -hmm. um and um, so yeah, it's just arduous, right? Like just, just, just endless, endless work. And I thought that it would be done by now, but it isn't. Um, so you know, I mean, I, I, we're getting there, right? Yeah. We're getting there. Like progress is this, being made. Yeah, I mean, there's, there was this test that we passed recently that I call the monkey. I was test. like going to ask about the monkey test. Yeah, so the monkey, monkey test, test is basically literally you go to um, the first area of the forest and you yep. run around the monkeys. Um, and if you can fight the monkeys and like just literally run around them in a circle and get zero desync, then we've, then we've, we're doing well yep. because that was a um, you know normally the monkeys be jumping all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, yeah, the monkey test uh, we we can pass officially, uh, not with every skill in the game, sure. but we can pass it with uh, just you know like basics at the skills. Mm, and yeah, um, and there's no desync at all. The monsters are exactly where they think you are. If you do like a ground slam, which is one I like to use to test. You can see um, all the monsters get exactly hit in the exact cone of the ground slam every time. That's awesome. Um, and it makes the game feel really good because you can rely on it always working, mm -hmm. you know? So it's got a different feeling. So yeah, that's that, That's really good. And and for people who won't be able to use the deterministic walk step because of the well, latency... So anyone can use sure. it, like you can set it to use, but yeah, it will just start to feel really laggy yeah. because you... Yeah. So, but if anybody who still wants to use the old system, they'll actually see a lot of improvements as well because yes, you're will. just finding bugs that yes. were causing Oh, exactly, these exactly. And like the kind of bugs we're talking about here is like, okay, let's say your character... This is, this is on the live realm right now. So basically, if your character is moving um, to do an action and then you do some... And then you try to do an action that you can't do because you don't have mana or some other reason like your cooldown is off yep. or something like that. On the server, um, it will stop moving but your client will keep moving to do the action, mm -hmm. right? Like it'll say, you know, mana or whatever. So basically, and that's decent right there because your client is doing a different thing than the server is doing. And um, so running out of mana um, causes a little decent thing there. And that tiny thing, of course, ripples out to be more stuff. And those are the kinds of bugs that we find when we're doing this lockstep testing. And we would never find that um, using in predictive mode because um, it's kind of a rare test case anyway, but then kind of happens quite a long combat. Mm -hmm. But also like you just wouldn't really notice because once again, it's just one of those things where it's just like, how would a QA guy ever know that he was desynced in that situation? Right. And it's only the fact that we're doing this like exacting testing here that leads us to find those kinds of bugs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a pile of things like that. Um, that so it's up. just going to be general improvements with oh, sync yeah, across Just a general board. improvement sync. Yeah. Um, but of course, in, deter in, in, in deterministic lockstep mode, you just won't be able to go out. Yeah, yeah. completely. That's perfect. awesome. Um, we're going to take a short break 
Uh, are we? Do you want to split this episode into two parts, or do you want to? Yeah, this will be a two-parter, guys. So, all right. Uh, this will be Act One. <laughs> um, we're not gonna do four acts, right? <laughs> we'll see. Um, so we'll be back uh, next week, or in reality, in a couple minutes. Uh, by the way, if you want to tweet any questions, tweet at FrontSeatCast uh, or email us, FrontSeatQuestions at gmail.com. Everyone's laughing at me, um, and rightfully so. Uh, you, can, you can contact us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash FrontSeatCast. Um, we couldn't get FrontSeatGamer. That's some dude who's got a screenshot of, of no, a photo of a YouTube clip. He took a photo of his screen. <laughs> um, so we missed out on that gold mine. So, so look us up on Facebook, front seat cast. Um, and we'll, we'll have more guests on at some point. Your questions probably won't go to Jonathan for a while, at least because we're never having him on again. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. See you next week. See you. Be like you two are kissing. I don't really understand. <laughs>